tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. My prayer today is these words will speak to you where you live and create lasting change. Hey friends, wanted to consider a thought with you today about urgency. And I was meditating on a passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 in particular. But when you look at 1 Chronicles 12, you see David's mighty men. There are 37 men here mentioned, and they are pretty valiant men. I mean, it shows a lot of their uh, courage, uh, you know, their, their ability to conquer. You know, it shows one man killing 300 men with a sword, and his sword clung to his hand. Uh, you know, another man guarding a, a barley hill, and uh, just defending off uh, incredible odds. And these men were, these 37 men uh, were loyal to David. And David was in the process of getting his throne. And these men, which were categorized as chafed in the mind, men that were rough around the edges, men that were pretty scary dudes, you know, definitely guys that uh, raised some eyebrows. But what was common with these men is they had urgency in their heart. They had loyalty in their heart. And when we see here in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, we see the men of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And uh, so two things. These men had understandings of the times. And number two, they, uh, they knew what Israel ought to do. And I'd like us to think about uh, these 200 men. You know, it was a small number of these captains. In comparison to the other numbers, they were smaller than any other numbers. But two things that I think represent the church and the men of Issachar is that they knew what time it was and they knew what Israel, or in this case, the church, Ought to do. Now, when you think about time, you know, there's two uh, ways we can talk about time. There's chronos time, which is the tick of the clock, every moment or minutes that are measured. You know, there's 60 minutes to an hour, and so on and so forth. Chronos time, every tick of the clock. And uh, thinking that with every tick of the clock, someone passes into eternity. Now, when you think about another type of time beyond the natural time like Kronos is, you have Kairos time. Kairos from the derivative of Kairos, which is a time of grace. Uh, it's a time where of opportunity. It's a time where uh, a God moment, we could call it. And I'd like to really emphasize this Kairos moment with you. In Ephesians 5.16, it talks about redeeming the time for the days are evil. So again, Kairos and Kronos are in that, uh, that verse. You know, redeem the time, buy back opportunities, allow God to be invited into your moments so that they are heavenly or divine appointments for the days are evil. And we're in a day and age where things are backwards Things are uh, dark. There seems to be an advantage of evil that's accelerating. But we know what time it is. 
we know what time it is, and therefore we have urgency. And I'd like to unpack this word with you in a moment, but just think about this. We know what time it is. We're in the end days. It's a time for humility. It's a time for prayer. It's a time for conviction. It's a time to recognize, um, you know, what is the will of God and what is the will of man. It's a time of love. It's a time of grace. It's a time of truth. And really, we can operate in Kairos moments when there's a divine appointment, an expression of grace, a heaven-touching earth moment uh, in these last days. Now, historically, we can see it a Kairos moment would be when Jesus came, died on the cross. That was a Kairos moment. When Jesus was born in the manger, that was a Kairos moment. Maybe when you got saved could be characterized as a Kairos moment. A supernatural moment where the expression of God was realized. Uh, when we open our Bibles, when we come to church, when we have fellowship with a brother or sister, these can be Kairos moments or divine appointments. So these moments create urgency. Now, when you think about urgency, you know, there's a lot of different ways we could talk about urgency. You know, some people might think it's, you know, if something was on fire, obviously urgently we'd want to put out the fire. Uh, crisis could be recognized as urgent, you know, an urgent response. Uh, maybe there's a need in someone's, in your family life, or there's a financial need, and there's urgency to meet that financial need. So there's working extra hours, or... Uh, sacrifice. And these are all good definitions, but spiritual urgency is uh, really something a little bit more. It's an intentional action. It's an intentional action with conviction. So we have urgency in these days because we know what time it is. The John chapter 9, verse 4, it's the, the night is far spent. I mean, the day is far spent and the night is at hand, speaking about really this season uh, right before the tribulation. And I really believe we're right there at that precipice when Jesus could come back at any moment. Now, I've talked to a lot of people that believe the church will go through the tribulation, and I don't believe that's accurate. You know, some people say, oh, it's uh, tribulation and wrath. There's a difference. Well, uh, we believe, you know, in Psalm 22, that in First Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9, that Jesus took the wrath so the church wouldn't go through the wrath of God. And tribulation and wrath could be uh, synonymous, actually. People argue that there's a difference, but I really believe the character and nature of God throughout the Bible is not to, uh, you know, pour out uh, unnecessary discipline on the church uh, because his wrath was received at the cross and and he paid for all of the sins of the church and the believers. Now, of course, the wages of sin is death. People will have uh, consequence to their sin if there's no repentance. But to say that the church would go through the tribulation, it's really, it goes against everything that I believe that Revelations talks about. I mean, Re Revelations 4 to Revelations 18, we don't hear about the church. And that is the great tribulation. That is the tribulation. I mean, there's, a, there's of course, the tribulation starts in Romans chap, uh, Revelations chapter 6, and then the great tri tribulation starts in Revelations chapter 8. 
But the point here is uh, the Great Tribulation is for the unbeliever, specifically Israel, Jacob's trouble, and it's designed to punish the unbeliever. So I'm approaching this in the sense where the church will be raptured at the marriage supper of the Lamb, receiving the reward, celebrating Christ, and then coming back at the second advent in Revelations 19 to rule and reign with God on the earth for a thousand years. So again, when we're thinking about urgency, we know what time it is. We know it's a time to intentionally seek and save the lost. It's a time to uh, demonstrate the life of the gospel. And we can see how things are turning with hate speech and different actions against conservatives. It's no longer a political issue. It's a blatant spiritual issue. And we see that the backlash of the godless parties uh, will come after the believer. So it's urgent. We know that the day is far spent and the night is at hand. So as we think about what time it is, there's no time for comfort and complacency, but to prepare to look ahead. And this is what the men of Issachar did. They looked ahead and they saw what was coming and they planned and prepared at that moment. Because to, to prepare late in Matthew 25 is a good example. When the virgins, uh, the ten virgins, five were ready, five were not, uh, there'll be a time when we will be called upon. And the question is, will we be ready? Well, the urgency that I'm talking about here is uh, something in our spirit where we intentionally draw near to the importance of the gospel, to the importance of the calling that God's put on your life, and not to fear, not to live in fear. Well, there's an interesting um, idea called the quadrant thinking, and uh, Eisenhower also had something similar called the Eisenhower metrics. And they both go together, and it's systems or, or quadrants of thinking that help identify what is important and what is not important. And I think as believers, if we're not looking ahead and preparing uh, f for tomorrow, today, and this is why we love the book of Revelations, we know about our future, so it changes the way we live today. If we're not doing that, we will not be ready, and we will, be, we will miss a Kairos moment. We will miss divine appointments. So the quadrant thinking talks about important, urgent, or important, not urgent, or not important, urgent, and not important, not urgent. So if you were to think about this and look at this quadrant, these four boxes, I'd like to explain them to you. So Eisenhower's decision matrix, well, the way he made decisions, and we know President Eisenhower was an amazing president that really helped us through some significant uh, difficulties after the war and was, uh, was really the creator of our highway system throughout the United States to prepare in case of, of invasion. Um, but he writes this, is that the first quadrant is urgent and important. It means do what you can do now. Do what you can and do it now. Don't procrastinate. So the first quadrant is to do. And this is very good. You know, a lot of people talk about what they can't do. He is saying, do what you can do now. And uh, don't worry about what you can't do, but just be faithful to do what you can do now. The second 
quadrant is the important not urgent. And this is really where we want to uh, live our lives. And that's to decide and schedule a time to do. So the first quadrant is to do, and the second one is to decide and schedule when to do. And this is the difference between being busy and doing. You know, I can do a lot of things and be busy and at the end of the day wondering, my Lord, where did my day go? But when we schedule and plan, we can build. And we protect that time when it, for instance, if you're meeting with somebody that is very busy and, of course, you're meeting with them, distractions will come. And to guard that time because you've decided ahead of time the importance of this meeting. And, uh, and so you want to protect that meeting to have it actually follow through with that meeting and not get hijacked with something that's urgent and not important. Well, the third uh, box, which is also a healthy box, is the urgent but not important. Okay, the urgent but not important. Now, this is really where leadership kicks in is when you delegate, you, you create commitment in people's hearts. You know, oftentimes people don't have the urgency because you or I are doing all the work or they don't see their place in what they're doing. And most people don't stay on teams because they don't feel like they have a place. Well, this third quadrant is to delegate what can, uh, who can do it for you. And this is all part of team building. So again, with urgency, we want to draw people in, not just to do something, to build something on their backs, but to people build, to uh, manage people's gifts and to lead them in their potential. So to delegate, again, delegate creates commitment and it also releases the leader from being Superman and uh, ultimately tires out the leader. But delegation is the most mature form of leadership. And then fourthly, you have the delete quadrant. And that means the time wasters, those things that are stealing from your ultimate goal, your ultimate priority, your your urgency. Um, You know, A lot of people maybe put social media on this box or TV or things that detract from your personal walk with God. Um, Whatever it is that's taking away from your direction, uh, then you want to eliminate it. So these four boxes is do what you do now. Do it now. That's important, urgent. Excuse me. Then you have the not urgent, important, which means decide and schedule a time to do it. And then when it comes... Protect that time because it's something that's important to you and that person, we hope. The third box is the uh, not important and urgent to delegate. Very, very important. Again, who can do it for you? You know, um, you are called to do what God's called you to do. You're not called to do everything. So delegation also develops commitment. And you, by the way, commitment's very important because you are creating ownership and stewardship When someone takes ownership of something, then it's not something that you have to drag them or persuade them or always check up on them. Again, they are uh, motivated because they're inspired and they they care about it. And stewardship, again, you're uh, taking care of someone else's uh, property or someone else's uh, dream and uh, you share like-mindedness. And then the fourth one is Uh, the not important and not urgent is to delete the time wasters. 
So again, when you think about urgency in the Kairos and Kronos way, um, you're, you and I are looking saying, okay, just like the men of Issachar, Lord, what time is it? You know, everyone knows when it's dinner time and it's amazing how people drop everything for dinner. Or if you're in the South, the siestas, you know, <clears throat> when it's time to, um, you know, take a break and refresh yourself. Everyone knows what time it is. In the Gospels, it's interesting. People knew when it was harvest time. People knew when it was, uh, <clears throat> you know, you can look out and you can see the storm coming and you prepare. Um, but also this, the second part was very interesting. They knew what Israel ought to do. Now, re relate this here. Issachar is believed that the line goes all the way back to the Aztecs and the Mayans. I mean, the, the lineage goes way back. And uh, this tribe of Israel, they would uh, follow the worshipers into battle. And in Proverbs ten sixteen, it says that wisdom is better than strength. So these men had real wisdom because they had experience. And not only did they have experience, but they had discernment. And these days we really need discernment. We really need to have the mind of Christ. Uh, because uh, the devil wants to cool off the believer. They want to just kind of lull them and pacify them and say, ah, it's not a big deal. The, this too shall pass. The pendulum that's way in the left right now, it'll come back into the center. And we miss opportunities because prayerlessness leads to carelessness. We start to um, make excuses. And instead of being urgent, and intentional about things that are important, we kind of back off in Proverbs 24.10, shrink back and have a good excuse. Well, the writer here is saying, what is it that Israel has to do? You know, what is the next thing for Israel? What's the next thing for the church to do? I mean, think about David when he showed up on the scene uh, with Goliath. And Goliath for 40 days was mocking the, the nations of Israel. And everyone was quaking in their boots for 40 days. And then there was a line of excuses when David asked, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Well, David had urgency and he took the five stone and ran at Goliath and defeated him. Why? Because it was a Kairos moment for David. David was thinking with God. David was uh, focused on the way of God. And he said this great statement. Is there not a cause? And that's the question I have to you today. Is there not a cause for you as you lead your family? Is there not a cause to uh, draw near to the fellowship? You know, there are a lot of people that say, you know, churches, you know, churches shouldn't be open and, and uh, you know, we should be very careful about meeting. And, and I understand the precautions and I understand the, the, the concerns, but isn't there not a cause? You know, I talked to one brother. He's going to church every six weeks because in the rotation of his church, by last name, he can only go once every six weeks. And I said to him, I said, my Lord, I said, you should, you know, you should talk to your pastor and say, hey, that's not enough. I mean, yeah, great. It's online and everything, but maybe break up the, the church into leadership and have small groups and and pursue face-to-face -face meetings. Listen, it's urgent that people meet together. It's urgent that people seek the Lord while he may be found. It's urgent to 
look for Kairos moments because there's a great scattering going on in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. People are fainting. People are disillusioned. People are disheartened. And you know who has the answer? It's the church. It's Christ in the church. And um, I'm still not... Uh, not comfortable with the idea of churches closing. Now, if you're listening to me and your church is closed, you should call your pastor and and uh, there should be a way that you can somehow meet or intentionally come together to pray, to preach, to minister to your neighbors. This is a time um, to um, be intentional and urgent because the times are evil. Redeem the time. You know, one person I spoke with, you know, they said, well, we just meet online, I get my tithes, and we're doing okay. And he seemed comfortable with that. And I, and I was like, I was like, listen, uh, that might be good for you, but what about the people that are shut in? What about the people that are fearful? What about the people that are anxious? And I just kind of in love challenged this person. And unfortunately, they were comfortable in their present state. Now, I don't judge anybody. But I'm saying it's urgent. Today is we need to be intentional to invite God into our moments. And that means it may be uncomfortable. It may be confusing. We might be fearful. Uh, But guess what? If we preserve our lives, we will lose our lives. So when we think about quadrant thinking, we really have to identify what is uh, important and not urgent. In this sense, where we're preparing for tomorrow, today. There's prayer. It's a time to pray. It's a time to heal. It's a time to love. It's a time to to reach out in faith. And you know what? There's so much social talk in our cancel culture of, of how we should work together, but it's all based on a secular idea of uh, socialism. And uh, it's a very social, cultural norm. And uh, you know, this will bite any culture. We've seen it. We lived overseas. We've seen the smiling face and the waving hand and the backstabbing that goes right along with it. And it's like, we must not be naive. We, Matthew ten twenty two must be wise as serpents and innocent as a dove, which means we can't be naive. We have to really say, Lord, what is the time? The time is that we need to be on our knees seeking you while you may be found because the smiling face and the waving hand and the the money being printed i mean this will create inflation this will create uh, poverty this will create joblessness this will create many things that will drive up unemployment and we're seeing these things so in our nation we're in a very unique time where i believe god is preparing our nation for revival and it's also waking up leaders in the remnant to wake up and smell the coffee, smell the roses, uh, and smell the manure that's being shoveled in people's into people's direction. You know, every time you go by a farm, what's the first thing you smell? It's the manure. But you know what? I'll tell you, if you can, <laughs> that it's great fertilizer, but if you're not aware of of what God is doing, then Satan can really uh, deceive you, and um, and I'm really provoked by certain people's responses about the present day 
almost as if to say, you know, we just need to go along and have unity and compromise and compliance and uh, everything's going to be fine. We just need to follow directions like good little boys and girls. And I, I, you know, I just, I strike back and say, is that what God really wants? Is that redeeming the time? Are, are we loving the person in front of us? Absolutely. Are we laying down our life for to seek and save the lost? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean I have to go along with their agenda. I do what I can do now before God. I'm, we're prayerful. We're self-sacrificing. We are um, just hiding the word in our heart. We have a word in season. There are so many people that we come across and you come across that are uh, just confused and kind of going along with the with the mantra, hoping that tomorrow we'll be back to normal. Well, I hate to say it, but we're, we've crossed over a line and we've entered into another level of evil. And uh, just take a look at the news today. It's very clear that um, things will not go back to normal. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, we have courage and boldness. And that courage and boldness means that we are without inhibition. And then we act without inhibition. And that's an important point. God, you know, courage doesn't mean it's the absence of fear. It just means that there's something greater that's moving us forward. And uh, Daniel 10, 19, we know that love builds courage. Love builds boldness. 1 John 3, 8, we lift up Christ and he destroys the works of the devil. I just want to encourage you today. Uh, do you know what time it is? And do you know what the church should do? The church is not designed to be a political entity that crusades over uh, things. And believe me, uh, we vote our values, we live our values, we speak our values, we lift up truth, absolutely. But when, when we are political in the church, we lose our spiritual effectiveness. When we're political, we lose our spiritual effectiveness. So what's the balance? The balance is we demonstrate what we believe. We have someone that's in front of us, we're loving them, discipling them, leading them, challenging them, encouraging them to know what time it is. Because you know what happens? In these great days, uh, in the darker the night, the light brightly shines. We will see the contrast greater and greater. And to the just, the the way will become brighter and brighter. And God's beautiful provisions will will surround the, the righteous and they will not beg for bread. Like God's provision in Philippians 4.19 will be supernatural. So we don't need to fear because God took care of the Israelites greatly during these great tribulations. So it's not a wonder that um, that we won't be taken care of. But, you know, again, what are we going to understand the time? Or are we just going to wander and just, uh, you know, kind of play the game, dance the dance as we blindly lead into in, the blind leads the blind and they both fall into a pit so i just want to encourage us today urgency let let the lord's spirit touch your spirit let's be motivated not to make excuses but to draw near to the lord and he will draw near to you speak graciously and lovingly but intentionally 
have the right thinking. Don't have a leaky mind. Don't let things just drip out of you and, and cause us to forget the faithfulness of God. 103.2 of, of uh, Psalms says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, help me not to forget your great benefits. It's like a leaky mind. What happens? Busyness, anxiety, pride, shame, guilt, all these things can puncture and cause us to not be able to retain what he has freely given to us. Fellowship with what the promise is. Speak the promise. Memorize the promise. Live as the promises are a reality. This is how we retain truth. This is how we uh, operate in uh, Psalm 51, 6 through 8, with truth on the inward parts. Well, these are urgent days. These are great days. We know that even though evil is waxing stronger and stronger, we'll see the manifestation of the miracle of God as well. As Jesus has promised, you will do greater things than I. Speaking of greater in quantity, not quality. So as he speaks expressly in these last days, let's be awake, intentional, and understanding that God is with you. God is for you. God is faithful. And, uh, it's more than just the fat lady singing when this is all done. And it is when God's promise is fulfilled, that's when this will come to a close. And we remain the victors. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.